Family Life Church. Wow. I am excited to be here. I mean, I am not just excited. I'm thrilled. I don't even know if I have enough adjectives to talk about how excited I am to be here. I am so pumped. I love your pastors. I woke up early this morning just thinking about, went to bed late last night thinking about you guys. I am so thrilled. My right leg has been jittering all morning. I don't know if it's the coffee or the excitement. I don't know. I'm just pumped to be here, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share the word of God with you. Can I just tell you, you guys have, and I know you know, I don't have to tell you, but you guys have amazing pastors. Come on now. You know you do. You know you do. I mean, they're not just good, but they are amazing, and they're great. I'm talking about great people. Love, love the Millers. They're awesome. So great. They just love people. And one of the things I love about them is how genuine and authentic they are and just, just, just real, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's hard to find real people these days and they really are that. And I just love them. And I've, you're right, 20 years that we've been knowing each other. And I'm telling you, they're still as down to earth now as they were 20 years ago. You know how some people get to acting funny after a little while. And they haven't. Just I've watched them just over years, just been the same people and just like a good old pot of red beans and rice with sausage in it. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Let me go ahead and preach this word so we get out of here. So glad to to know them. They're awesome. Pastor Todd Menard. Come on. Thank thank God for Pastor Todd. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. I said this in the first service. Pastor Todd pastored on me. We were in on a trip in Mexico last year and he pastored on me and I don't even, I didn't even know I needed to be pastored on and I didn't even realize I was being pastored on why he was pastoring me. But he was awesome. And I just thank God for Pastor Todd. Been knowing him for many years as well. I thank God for him as well. And of, of course, I want to thank God for my beautiful, gorgeous wife, CC Brown. Thank God for her. Wow. She is just all that and a bag of chips. She is amazing. Thank God for her and my little boy running around tearing the nursery up right now. Thank God for those over at LPCC for watching. I'm glad you guys are tuning in today. Today is going to be awesome, and I'm excited about it. I do have a word for you today, I believe, that is going to encourage you and hopefully build you and challenge you. And the title of my message today is Behind Closed Doors. Behind Closed Doors. Come on, I want to pray right now. Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your presence that we feel very strong in the room today. God, I pray, Father, that, that you would speak to your people through me very clearly, God. God, I pray, Father, that, God, that the word would just fall on good soil, and, Father, that it would produce fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. God, I pray, Father, that that people that are under the sound of my voice right now, God, their hearts are being opened, and that, God, when it's all said and done, you will get all of the glory and all of the praise for everything that's done today. And, God, we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Behind closed doors. Will you turn to your neighbor right now and ask them, what have you been doing behind closed doors? 
Oh my. Woo. <laughs> Somebody was asleep and they just woke up. What? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read verse 5 and 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. This is in red. So this is Jesus saying this. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, I love that. Let me just pause right there for a moment. Not if you pray, but when you pray. Because we need to understand that prayer, it has to be something that we have to do. And as, as a part of our Christian faith, we have to be people of prayer. Can somebody say amen? So when we pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private then your father who sees everything will reward you. Your father who sees everything will reward you. You know, as we teach this message and start this message off, as I was reading this passage, the Holy Spirit just, that, have you ever been reading your Bible and something just lifts off, off the page? That's what happened when I read this scripture. It says, go behind the door and pray. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, began to say this, that what you do behind closed doors matters. It's important to understand that, that what you do behind closed doors matters. If I was to take a poll in the room and say, how many of you in the room want to make a difference in your life and in this world? I imagine every person in the room would lift their hand. Because none of us just want to live a life, get married, have kids, and then, and then retire and just die. No, all of us want to be a person that says, you know what? I want to make a difference. I want my life to mean something. All of us. And if we're going to want our lives to mean something, this is important. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down anyway. The true measure of your influence lies in the choices you make when no one else is watching. The true measure of your influence lies in the choices you make when no one else is watching. What am I saying? What matters is what happens behind the closed doors. You know, this is something that I had to learn. This is a life message because when I first got saved, I began to serve the Lord and and I had to learn that, hey, you know what? It's not just about what I do in church because this is what I figured out. We're about as holy as we're going to ever get here on Sunday morning, right? Let me tell you something. You're not going to get any holier than you are right now. We're all like, love God, smile, great attitude. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? We're, we're, we're great right now. But the question is, is what do we do when we're not here? When nobody else it's watching. I had to learn this because I always thought I grew up in church. I thought I could compartmentalize my walk with God and then my own personal walk. That I could do whatever I wanted to do behind closed doors, but then come to church and still clap my hands and sing and lift and lift my hands. And I begin to realize, no, what I do back there 
really impacts what I do here. And if we want to make a difference in our life, what happens behind closed doors matters. You know, I, I remember being a part of a small group. I got saved. I was so excited to be saved. Remember those first days of serving the Lord? I was so thrilled. And a guy invited me and said, hey, man, I want you to come to my men's small group. And I said, oh, man, I would love to be in that group. And he said, all right, I meet on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. I'm there. I walk in, it's about eight of us sitting in the room, and the guy says, hey, now guys, as young men, I know you guys are all single. He was married. He said, you guys are all single. There's just some things that we're going to kind of put in place. It's just our group, and 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 these are the things that we're going to do just as a group. And I said, all right. And he says, the first thing we're going to do is that, guys, we're not going to be alone with ladies. Just because you guys are single, man, you get along with ladies, anything can happen. And, man, this is not something we're going to do. I said, this is good. Then he said, guys, another thing we're not going to do is, man, we're going to guard our ear gate. And so, man, we're not going to listen to secular music. I was cool with that. I threw away my old CDs. I was great. I wanted to just serve the Lord. I'm good with it. Then he said, man, last thing is, is that, man, we also want to guard our eye gate. We're not going to watch rated R movies. I was like, hey, I'm good with that because, hey, man, if it's rated R, it's restricted for something, for some reason, right? So I was good. The next Tuesday, I was off from work, didn't have anything to do. I was bored, waiting on small group. And I said, man, I'm going to go and watch a movie. And so I got up and I went to Blockbuster. Now, you know how long ago that was. Anybody remember Blockbuster? (laughs) Okay, you're showing your age. Get Get your hand down. I went to Blockbuster and I started walking around and couldn't find anything that was good. So I found this rated R movie. It was a comedy and I looked on the back. Oh, this isn't that bad. I wa-. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and watch the movie. So I went and I watched the movie and I'm telling you, I sat down on my couch and I watched that movie and I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. I'm not going to even tell you what movie it was because you don't need to go watch it. But I laughed, and I'm telling you, it was so great. And I was just like, ha, 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 ha. And I, oh, man, it's time for me to go to small group. So I got up, came back out, went straight to small group. Sat down, and guess what the small group leader said? Hey, guys, we're going to go over the three things that we're not going to do. So I'm sitting there like, all right. And he said, guys. We're not going to be alone with ladies. I said, amen. Amen. And he said, guys, we're not going to listen to secular music. I said, amen. And he got to that third one. He said, guys, we're not going to watch rated R movies. And you know what my religious self said? Amen. Then he said it again. True story. Guys, we're not going to watch rated R movies. I went, amen. And then he looked at me and said, Wayne, we said we were not going to watch rated R movies. And I went, no, there wasn't no amen at that point. It was like, wow, he just called me out. So now I'm at a decision. I'm like, do I just leave? Do I get mad? What do I do? And I realized, hey, you know what? I said that we weren't going to do something and I did it. So I just sit there in the group and I said, guys, I repent. I watched the Rated R movie, and, um, you know, 
I'm sorry. And everybody was like, yeah, man, we forgive you. We love you. Small group leader, just, man, we love you. And, and we moved on. Now, to this day, I still don't know how he knew I watched that Raider. I actually called him about this one time. And I think it was the Holy Spirit who told him that I uh, watched it. Because we have a God who sees what? Everything. Now, in that moment, I began to realize this, is that it's important to have convictions. It wasn't about the rated R movie. It was about learning how to live a life without compromise. Because oftentimes we like to dibble and dabble sometimes. And what God is trying to teach us is that, hey, what you do back here matters to what you're going to do. And I thank God that he was teaching me that back then because he knew I would be standing here right now. And then we have a God who sees not just the past, but he sees the future as well. And he was trying to teach me, Wayne, you can't live in compromise and still try to preach my word. Come on, somebody say amen. See, it's important for us to begin to live a life that is that is without compromise. And so as I begin to look at the life of Jesus, I begin to see that Jesus had behind closed door moments as well. And I'm going to give you four behind closed door moments that I see in Jesus's life that's important. And I think as we see these things, it's going to help us. So the first thing that I see is the first point is that when you're behind closed doors, character is developed. Character is developed. This is important to understand. It's important to know that what we, what we see about Jesus is that when Jesus was born, we have a good account in the word of God about his birth. We see it. It's a big old thing. We read scriptures as chapters about Jesus's birth. Now, the next time we see anything about Jesus is when he's 12. Okay, I call him junior high Jesus. Okay? And that's when he's 12, he's in the synagogue, and he's talking to the religious leaders. You guys know the story. Y'all are good Bible Bible church, and you know the story. He's talking to them, and, and his parents leave, and they were leaving Jerusalem, and they lost Jesus. Now, can we pause for a second? How do you lose Jesus? Out of all the kids that we would have had together, the one I would have kept my eye on would have been the son of God. But they lost him. They lost Jesus and they went back. And of course, you know the story. He said, I was about my father's business and Mary was like, that is good. You need to come along with us and do what I tell you to do. And this is what the Bible says happened in Luke chapter two, verse 52. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in statue and in favor with God and man. What happened? There were some areas in Jesus' life that was formed in there and, it, and his character was being formed. Now, I know you guys go, well, he was Jesus, but he was also a man as well. Oftentimes we focus on the deity of Jesus, but we forget about his humanity and his character was being formed. See, we don't, we don't read about the 15 year old Jesus or the 17 year old Jesus who had to take out the trash, right? Or the 21 year old Jesus who was a, who was a helper with his dad and, and learned carpentry. We don't read about that, but in those moments when Jesus was behind closed doors, something was happening in his life. Character was being formed. I believe work ethic was being formed. I believe he was learning how to be obedient to an earthly parents and learning that, that those little things like making up the bed matters. 
that when his parents told him to do something, he did it. And even though he knew he was the son of God, but he learned how to live and how to be a great example of what it looks like here on earth and how to have good character even as a human. Come on, you guys catching what I'm talking about. See, these are moments that we don't read in the scripture. This is a behind-the-closed-door moment for Jesus. And what God wants to do in every one of us is that he wants to develop your character. And I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord or how old you are, we all can still need get some character development in our life. Can I get a better amen? There's always areas that we need to work on. And can I just tell you this? One of the greatest areas to develop your character is a marriage. Come on, married people, say amen. Yeah, because your spouse will help your character get developed. Because what happens is they're close enough in your life to see the flaws that you have and they'll elbow us. Look, some of them, they elbowing you right now. They're going, uh-huh, see, that's what the Lord put me in my, in your life for. And he did was to help develop your character. And there may be some men in here right now. Your wife has been getting on your nerves about something that all she's been doing is helping your character get developed. Oh, I knew it'd be a little quiet right there, Pastor Brandon. It is every time. It was quiet in the first service right there. See, we need our character developed, and we need people in our lives to help develop our character. And that's why I say, listen, if you have a teacher, you have a coach, or you have somebody in your life that's helping you and working on an area that's, that's a flaw, don't deny that character development in your life. Don't push away that character development. Let them help you. Let them begin to teach you because what it does is, is that it gives you a platform to stand on because your gifts and your calling can only go so far. And that's the reason why we see so many people fall because they don't have the character to sustain their giftings. You guys catch what I'm talking about. So we need character development in our lives. The Bible says, even with Joseph in Psalm 105, verse 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's what? Character. What was the pit? What was Potiphar's house? What was the prison? What was all that about? It was about testing Joseph's character. So when he stood in front of his brothers and he had the opportunity to get revenge on them, he didn't. You know why? Because his character was in the right place. When he was the prince of Egypt and had the opportunity to save Israel or to let it die because his character was right, he was able to save his entire nation. You guys catching what I'm saying here? God had to test his character because he knew where he was bringing him to. You know, I remember I went to a grocery store and I was going in real quick, guys, just to grab something. It was, it was real quick. I wasn't going to take long. And the parking lot was full, but there was a wide open handicap spot right by the door. It was just right there. Come on. It was, it was right there. And I wasn't going to be long. I just wanted to just, whoop, just slip right in there, go in, and grab what I need to grab and get out of there. And I remember pulling in that parking spot and I got out the door and this lady, I don't even know who the lady was, but she said, excuse me, sir. She yelled across the parking lot, looked around and said, me? She said, yes, you. Are you handicapped? I said, no, ma'am. And she said, well, you get yourself back in that car and you pull out of that parking spot and you let somebody that's handicapped park there. 
You know what I did? I got myself right in the car. I bagged right out. And I went parked somewhere else. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, that happened about 30 years ago. And I'm telling you, I hadn't parked in a handicapped spot ever since. Let me just tell you this. I won't even park near a handicapped spot. You know why? Because she was right. It's the right thing to do. And can I just tell you, sometimes we just need to do what's right because it's right. Because it's right. It's not because anybody else was looking, not because everybody else was watching. Thank God she taught me that 30 years ago instead of me pulling in that spot and somebody going, Pastor Wayne, is that you parking in that handicapped spot? Right? See, we have to do what's right because it's right. That's character. When nobody else is around behind closed doors. See, that's the reason why. See, we, we gotta, we gotta, the Lord was dealing with me about this as well. Like we've got to do our taxes right. Come on now. We gotta do what's right because it's right. Oh, see, it always low amens right there too. Because the Lord sees what? Everything. In front of the door and behind the door. And character is developed behind closed doors. Let me move on because I'm messing with people. The second thing that happens is this. Is that battles are won and lost behind closed doors. Jesus went to the wilderness. and He was there in the wilderness by himself. Pastor Brandon was mentioning this before the first service that he actually got an opportunity to go to the wilderness and see this place. And it was not a beautiful place. It's not trees and, and water streams or anything like that. It was a desert. It's just rocks. It's hot. And Jesus was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And remember, he's a human. He's there, and he's tired, he's weak, he's weary, he's hungry. And in that moment, there was a test that came before him. Satan himself came before him, and he tested him three times to see whether he was going to win the battle. Now, he had not performed any miracles at this point. Nobody really knew who he was. This was a moment to see whether he was going to win the battle behind closed doors. And I'm telling you right now, there's some people in this room. You've been in a battle. And nobody else sees it. And listen, you get dressed and you put your makeup on, you comb your hair, you look good. But some of you have been in a battle. And the enemy's been attacking you and trying to see if you will give in and if you will quit or if you will even lose the battle. Some of you, it's been two and three o'clock in the morning and you've been waking up and you've been like, man, there's so much going on in my mind and in my spirit. And let me just tell you something, where you win the battle is behind the closed door. Yes, you come to church and I'm telling you, I've received a lot of breakthroughs here at the altar and thank God for corporate gatherings. But I'm telling you, where real battles are won is when nobody else is looking. When you get on your knees and you begin to cry out to God and you say, God, I'm, I'm going after it and I'm not giving in. 
God, I'm listen, if, if this is the last thing I do, I'm going to win this battle. Some of you, you've had to break the addiction of alcohol and you've had to break the addiction of pornography. You've had to break the addiction of many things on your life because you just said, you know what? I'm winning the battle behind this closed door. And I'm not allowing the enemy to come in my life and cause me to fall because I can't win the battle. And some of you right now, maybe you're battling for a, a, a loved one, for a, a kid that's gotten away from God. Can I encourage a mother or a father in here right now? Keep battling. Keep praying. I know that they don't see the tears in your eyes and nobody else sees what's going on. But I'm telling you, keep praying. Keep pounding the ground. Keep staying on your knees and going after God. Nobody sees it, but God sees it. And you know what? Not only does God see it, but the enemy sees it as well. And he knows if you're going to win the battle. And I want to encourage you right now, keep fighting. Keep fighting behind closed doors. Keep praising when you come in public, but keep fighting when nobody else is around. Because that's where you win the battle. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel the Holy Spirit on this right here. That this is for somebody in here right now to keep fighting. I thank God for my mom who had a prayer partner for 40 years. And she would, they would call each other at 6 a.m. in the morning. I would hear that phone ring and be so mad. But you know what they did at 6 a.m. in the morning? They prayed for their families. She prayed for her sons. She prayed that we would serve the Lord and marry godly ladies. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And there was times when we were serving the Lord and there was times when we weren't. There was times when none of us were serving God. But she kept praying. She kept battling. She kept battling. My dad kept battling. They kept praying. And guess what? The seed that was planted came back and it produced fruit. And the middle son got saved, started serving the Lord and went to his high school and, and won all kind of people to the Lord. And now he's a pastor up in Michigan right now serving the Lord. The youngest son got saved and now he's a doctor and, and he's got an educational um, 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 company that he's doing off in Dallas and him and his wife are serving the Lord and their kids are serving the Lord and their oldest son, the last one, got saved and he's preaching to you in Lafayette right now. You know why? Because somebody was not willing to give up on the battle. Thank God they didn't give up. Come on, come on, somebody say amen. Leonard Ravenhill says this. He says, faith that is going to be trusted is going to be tested. So you will be tested, but that's why you got to keep fighting and don't give up. Let me move to my third point. The third point is this, is that impactful ministry happens behind closed doors. You know, a lot of times people don't understand that and, and understand this. And this is the reason why I put this in is because oftentimes people think the best ministry happens right here on the platform. They look at what Pastor Brandon does and he does it so well. And they go, man, I want to do that. That is really impactful. Now I can, if I can just preach, I can impact so many people. But that's not true. Let me tell you something. Jesus had plenty of moments where he preached in front of thousands and tens of thousands. But a lot of his ministry he did was when nobody else was around. When he was behind those doors. He had a whole crowd of people around him when he was walking through, 
And Zacchaeus was on that tree and he said, hey, come down. I want to go to your house. Let's get behind this closed door. And I want to bring salvation to your entire household. How many times did Jesus go to people's home and bring healing, Jairus' daughter and, and Simon's mother and all the different ones to bring healing to them because Jesus understood that all the ministry didn't just happen in front of people. He wanted to model that impactful ministry really happens behind closed doors. And for many of you, I want to encourage you, every one of you, you say we want to make a difference. Don't wait till the, the, till the spotlight is on you to do ministry. You can do it anywhere. You can be at the grocery store and see somebody that needs to be encouraged and you can just encourage them right there in the grocery store behind closed doors. And I'm telling you, it can really matter to that person. Come on, what about going to a nursing home and loving on somebody? I know nobody, there's no cameras, the channel, the, the, the news is not there to see it, but I'm telling you, it makes a difference to that person, right? What about at your school or there's something about being there for somebody who loses a loved one? Oh, I can remember times when I've sat there with friends of mine. Remember a young guy, man, he lost his mom. She had passed literally minutes ago, and I sat there and I put my arm around him and just cried with him. He didn't need me to preach a word. He didn't, I didn't need to be on a platform. He needed somebody just to be there for him. And this was behind closed doors, but it mattered to him. I'm telling you, encourage somebody, build somebody up. It's not all about, all about what happens here. It's about what happens out in, in the world. I remember my pastor, Pastor Jonathan. He was, we were on a phone call with a couple senior pastors from Alabama. We were on this FaceTime. We were talking to them and what have you. And he had to run because he had another appointment. And so I stayed on the line with this couple, continued talking to them. And my pastor's wife picks up the phone and she goes, oh, hey, you guys still on the phone? He's like, yeah. She's like, oh, I just want to jump on and say, hey, how you doing? Just whatever. Before you know it, the thing just kind of shifted. And before you know it, she started encouraging them and started saying what the Lord had spoke to her about them, prophesying over them, praying for them. And I'm telling you, the lady started crying. The husband started crying. I started crying. Like everybody, it was just a whole moment. Just on FaceTime, right? Nobody was there. This was not on the, on the service, on the, on the, on the screen up here. It was just right there in a moment. And I'm telling you, that couple was encouraged. It happens behind closed doors. I don't know how many times I've watched my wife pray for ladies and talk to them and minister to them and just see lives change when nobody else is looking. See, that's what's important. And that happens behind closed doors. Last one. I think about Jesus, who was now at towards the end of his ministry here on earth. And he knew what he had come here to do. But he knew he came here to die. Now he's at a place where he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's there. And he tells the disciples, he says, you stay here while I go there. And he has this moment in the garden. 
where the weight of what's getting ready to happen starts to hit her. And I'm grateful we get an opportunity to read about his humanity begins to kick in because he even says if this cup can pass from me, there's any other way that this could happen. He gets in so much agony, the Bible says he begins to sweat great drops of blood. It starts to just hit him what's getting ready to happen. And then it seems like all of a sudden something shifts. And he says, but not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And after that third time, he gets up. He comes out. And he says, hey, let's be going. And at that moment, he came out from behind that closed door moment with the power that was on him to change the world around him. And he said, you know what? I'm going all the way to the cross and there's nothing that's going to stop me. And I'm going to tell you what happens behind closed doors is that there comes a power on you to change the world around you. And Jesus came out of there and I'm telling you, there was so much purpose that they could not stop him from getting to that cross. They beat him. You know the story. They beat him on the, on, on, um, on the, the pole and, and they just begin to beat him to the point where his intestines was coming out, but that wouldn't stop him from getting to the cross. They put a, put a, put a crown of thorns on his head and that would not stop him. They plucked out his beard that would not stop him because there was a power on him to change the world around him and he wasn't stopping until he got there. And I believe what God wants to do when you begin to pray, when you begin to allow your character to be developed, when you begin to allow God to help you win those battles behind closed doors, there comes a power on you to change the world around you. And all of a sudden, now you're different and you can make a difference. Another thing that I saw in the word of God was that we know that, that Jesus went into the tomb. And when he went into the tomb, the Bible says he was there for three days. And we don't all know what happened in those three days, but we do know what happened when he came out of that tomb. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We know that when he came out from those closed doors, we know that he came out with all power in his hands. We know he came out with victory in his hands. We know that, that all of a sudden he was, he, he had victory for all of us. And because he had victory, we have victory. Come on, somebody say amen. See, it's important for us to, to say, Hey, you know what? What happens behind these doors matter. Now, finally, I think about in Acts chapter two, there were about 120 people behind a door and they were there. I'm sure some of them were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. But then the Holy Spirit fell. And the same Peter, who had days before was cussing and doing all kinds of stuff, now that the power to change the world around him have come upon him, he steps out and he preaches and 3,000 people get saved. Why? Because something that come upon him it happens behind closed doors. And I don't know who this message is for today. Maybe you've been in a fight. Maybe you've been in a battle. 
Maybe the Lord's been developing your character. I don't know what the Lord has been doing, but I believe he sent me to Lafayette to encourage you, challenge you. Hey, keep serving God. Stay in the fight. What you do behind the door matters. And when you do it right, you will see change happen in the world around you. You know, it's one thing for the church to say, boy, our world is just going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, our world is just so bad. And what I believe God is saying to us is, what are we going to do to change it? He said, that's why I sent you there. It's to change it. To change your school system. Come on, to change your neighborhood. I sent you here to change the financial system. I sent you here to change it. And so we have to be able to say, hey, you know what? God is going to use me to do something great here in my world. And he's put the power on me to change my world around. And somebody say amen. Praise God. I sense the Holy Spirit in here today. And I sense that he's doing something. I sense that this word is bearing witness with somebody in here today. Where you're going, now I see. I hadn't even really been able to explain it. But I, I see what's been going on. I see what's been happening. God's been getting me ready. I feel like God is going to do some amazing things at this church. We hadn't even seen the half of it. And this church has great legacy. But what God is getting ready to do is even more amazing. You know, as I close, I think about Pastor Brandon said that we've been knowing each other for 20 years. And you're right. You see what God has done in his life up to this point. But I think about him and his wife and his family. You don't know the half of what's going on behind closed doors. The tears that were shed and prayers that were prayed and continue to be prayed. We see the platform. But really, what got them here is what happened back then. You guys catch what I'm talking about. It's important to me behind those Let's pray. You know, today, there may be somebody in here. I believe there's several people in here that you say, Pastor, man, I hear you speaking, but honestly, I've been away from God. And I know my relationship with Him is not where it should be. I've not been serving him. I've been serving myself and doing whatever I wanted to do. Today, I feel like I need to give my life to him. I don't know how you got here. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe you came because you just felt like you needed to go to church. But this is what I do believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit drew you here. And he drew you here for this moment. Because he desires relationship with you. And that, if that's you, maybe you need to accept Jesus for the first time. 
Or maybe you need to come back to him. You used to serve him, but you've gotten off. And you know. This is your moment. So what I'm going to do is this. Do something very simple. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand. Every head bowed, eyes closed, people praying. But if you know that's you, I want to pray for you and lead you into a prayer. But I want you just to acknowledge to God, to yourself, and to me that you're accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's you on the count of three. I want you to lift your hand. One, two. Don't let fear hold you back. Three. Right now, come on, lift your hand. Yes, sir. I see your hand. Yes, yes, yes. I see your hand. Come on, who else? Lift it up. I, yes, sir. I see your hand in the back. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. Yes, yes. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, lift it up. I, yes, ma'am. I see your hand. Yes, yes. Father and son, thank God. Who else? Yes, sir. I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. To my far left, I see your hand. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. We're going to all pray this prayer together. And just say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, so many people giving their hearts to Jesus today. Come on, we ought to give it up for what the Lord has done. Wow. Hey, can I tell you, for those of you who lifted your hand, if you were serious about that decision, you just made the best decision you could ever make. You could ever make. It really is. Because it determines your eternity. And we're excited for you. You say, what's my next step? Get plugged into a great church. And this is a great one. Get connected. And allow God to develop you. Keep coming. Allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. And I'm telling you, on the other side of it, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Amen.